On this episode of the Press Box, we take a look at the NFL storylines going into week two. We also take a look back at the action from week one. MLB pennant races heating up and a look at the college football schedule and what's ahead for Tennessee. It's all coming up on this episode of the Press Box. Welcome back to the show. My name's Moose Michaels, and let's get things started by taking a look at some Tennessee football. You know, they didn't have much to be happy about after its week one 40-14 loss to West Virginia and Charlotte. They followed up that loss, however, with a good win against ETSU. Now, when we say good, we mean good in the sense that we saw a complete effort from the Volunteers. They rushed for five total touchdowns, threw for another, registered a pick six, and also scored a touchdown on a blocked punt. Now, it does remain to be seen how good the Vols can be. They don't start conference play until week four, and FPI has predicted how Tennessee's uh, season will finish in 2018, and it doesn't look good. Um, Against UTEP, they had a 98.4% chance to win. They've only got a 35.2% chance to win against Florida, according to FPI, and it doesn't get much better than that. In fact, a couple of things to note looking at this list. Other than this week's matchup against UTEP, FPI right now has Tennessee winning just one other game this season. It's going to be a pretty tough pill to swallow, uh, especially if Tennessee goes two straight years without winning an SEC game. They've also got a death stretch in the middle of its season, playing number three Georgia, number seven Auburn after a week off, and then it's against number one Alabama. That makes Tennessee Tennessee's first SEC game against Florida at home a must win and FPI only gives them a 35.2% chance at victory. You don't want to have a demoralized team heading into a tough three game stretch after a conference loss at home. Now, if Tennessee can gain some momentum towards the middle of the season with a good loss to Alabama or a win against South Carolina, the volunteers should be able to pick up at least another couple of sec wins. That's going to have all of us excited for the future. Let's after let's face it, the worst year in program history in 2017. Number one, Alabama taking on the Old Miss Rebels at uh, six o'clock central on ESPN. It's one of the two SEC West showdowns this weekend. Now, the Old Miss offense, more than impressive to start the season. And they look to challenge a young but talented Alabama secondary uh, later on tonight. Now, Old Miss quarterback Jordan Tamau leads the SEC with 784 passing yards while completing 70% of his passes for seven touchdowns on the season. Now, not to take anything away from him, but wide receiver A.J. Brown, well, he has the talent to make any quarterback shine. Extremely physical receiver, entered the season as a top-ranked prospect for the 2019 draft, and, well, he's lived up to the hype so far. And when you add in six foot four, 240-pound D.K. Metcalf from the other side of the field, well, you can see why the Alabama secondary will be challenged this weekend. Now, if Old Miss wants to send the Grove into a frenzy, well, they need to line up the scoreboard because Alabama, they've got the power to keep up. Uh, USC at Texas, that's going to be at 7 o'clock Central on Fox. And, well, let's, let's just see it. If only Matt Leinart and Vince Young were leading these teams Saturday night. One can always dream, right? That said, don't expect to be disappointed when Southern Cal hits to Texas for a rematch of one of the greatest national championship games of all time, the Trojans coming off a 17-3 loss to Stanford in a game where freshman quarterback JT Daniels never could get the offense going. However, the USC defense, 
looked the part and had a and had held a powerful Stanford offense the 342 yards. Now, if the Trojans plan to turn things around this weekend, it's going to start with Daniels, who enters the game with one touchdown and two interceptions on the season. Now, Daniels is one of the youngest starting quarterbacks in college football, and he has the weapons to thrive in Clay Helton's offense, but going to need to settle in and take care of the ball to do so. And when it comes to the Texas Longhorns, where do you even, be, where do you even begin? Uh, the Tom Herman-led team entered the season with high hopes, got off to a shaky start by losing to Maryland in Week 1 outside of escaping with a victory. Week 2, it didn't go much better for him. Longhorns defeated Tulsa 28-21. Uh, they've not taken care of the ball, poor defense, and uh, they just don't look like a team that had the Big 12 title hopes to start the season. That said, the Longhorns have a roster littered with talent, so if Tom Herman can get his team on the same page this week, they could easily turn their season around and gain some confidence heading into Big 12 play. Now, in what a lot of people are going to consider the game of the week, number 12, LSU will face off against number 7, Auburn, to see uh, what Tiger is going to have a shot at taking the SEC West crown from the Crimson Tide, right? Auburn's going to be out for revenge after losing 27-23 in Death Valley last season after blowing a 20-0 lead. In that game, quarterback Jared Stidman turned, into the, turned in the worst performance of his college career. Looks prime, though, to put up some really big numbers this Saturday. So far, the Auburn Tigers, they've looked the part of a college football playoff contender after defeating number 6 Washington 21-16 in Week 1 and demolishing Alabama State last weekend. The offense, they've been pounding the rock at opposing teams all season and comes into the game averaging 288 yards rushing per game. But the Auburn defense is going to be key if they look to prevail against LSU. The defensive line is littered with NFL talent and looks to get after the quarterback by exposing a struggling LSU offensive line. Now, LSU, they're coming into the game with victories over Miami and southeastern Louisiana, but they've struggled offensively. Quarterback Joe Burrow has completed only 48% of his passes, but much of the blame can be put on that offensive line. However, the LSU defense, they've looked the part, allowing only 298 yards per game while forcing five takeaways and sacking the opposing quarterback nine times. If LSU plans to take down Auburn on Saturday, they will need a similar performance out of this defense and they're also going to have to get some uh, things going offensively, too. Uh, Auburn holding on to a 13-game home, home winning streak. LSU wants to put that to an end. A lot of people don't expect it to happen, though. So quarterback Jared Sidman, he's going to show the country why the NFL scouts have him high on their draft boards and how they're going to be leading the Auburn Tigers past LSU this weekend. All right, coming up next, taking a look at some of the top storylines from the NFL going into week two. <laughs> Of course, we're going to get started with the Titans as they look to go one and one on the season. Uh, after this game with the Houston Texans, both teams dropped their uh, opening games of the season to the Dolphins and the Patriots, respectively. And many people had Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson as a possible MVP candidate going into the season. Watson, though, suffered a season-ending injury last year. He did come into the season opener against the Patriots last week. Lots of confidence, but it didn't go well for the man out of Clemson. Watson only completed 50% of his passes while throwing for 176 yards, one touchdown, and an interception. And now him and the Texans, well, they want to be sure to try to go one and one against the Titans, too. And Titans, they're, they're not really known for their defensive prowess right now, and Watson has a chance to take advantage of that. Uh, last season, actually, in just the third start of his young career, Watson went up against the Titans by throwing 283 yards in a contest that saw Houston put up 57 points. He may have had a rough week, but look for him to uh, try to put up those same numbers on Sunday. 
Now, the Titans, they've limited Marcus Mariota at practice Thursday, and they gave him more, gave more work to back up Blaine Gabbard. Uh, Mike Vrabel says they want to evaluate which quarterback's going to give them the best chance against the Houston Texans. Uh, Mariota did practice fully Wednesday after an injured elbow knocked him out of the Tennessee's uh, 27-20 opening loss in Miami. Vrabel said the quarterback should play Sunday in the home opener, barring any setbacks. On Thursday, Mariota's, Mariota's snaps were paired back leaving him limited in practice. He's still the name starter for now. Left tackle Taylor Lewan signed the largest contract in history for an NFL offensive lineman, in part to serve as Mariota's personal protector. And, well, over his career, he's held his own against some of the top pass rushers in the league, such as Houston Texans All-Pro J.J. Watt. He did suffer concussion uh, in week one, though, and his status is uncertain for uh, Sunday's game, which is going to be at uh, noon central. Against the Texans, you can also listen to it on 106.9 Kicks Country. If he is unable to play, it's going to be bad news for that Titans offense, though, as they got to go against Houston's ferocious pass rush. Uh, Titans offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur said Taylor Juan is a great player. Anytime you take a great player off the field, it's a concern. But when one guy goes out, another guy has to be ready to step up. It's an opportunity for someone else to step up and execute the plan. You have to try as an offense to keep them as off balance as possible. So you don't have guys flying off the edges. The Texans have a stable of disrupted players who can get after the quarterback in a hurry. And having served as the outside linebackers coach and defensive coordinator in Houston, uh, Titans coach Mike Vrabel, well aware of the threat posed by the Texans defensive front. Hopefully the Titans can uh, pull out a victory against the Texans. Again, that game, you can listen to it on 106.9 Kicks Country kickoff at noon. I believe the uh, game itself is going to be shown on CBS. Some of the other big storylines uh, heading into week two of the NFL. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, 0-0-1. That's right. They'll be uh, visiting the New Orleans Saints, who are also own. Well, they're not also 0-1. They are 0-1. The Browns are currently undefeated. Uh, last week, the Browns, they did snap that 17-game losing streak. The Saints upset by Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, for the Saints, last week's game, one to forget. Defense allowed 48 points. They ultimately fell 48 and 40. The New Orleans, for New Orleans, the offense was there, but that's never really been the problem, right? The Browns are looking to continue to improve, and the Saints don't want to allow themselves to fall for a second consecutive week. Now, remember, the Browns' defense showed out in a big way against Pittsburgh last Sunday with three interceptions against one of the game's best. What are they going to do against Breeze? Speaking of Pittsburgh, what exactly happened last week to them? Oh, yeah, they were the uh, first team to not beat the Cleveland Browns since December 24th, 2016. Now, they didn't lose last week, but they did tie with the Browns 21-21. And there's plenty going on with Le'Veon Bell still not with the team. Ben Roethlisberger apparently hurting his shoulder during last week's contest. Supposed to be an AFC powerhouse. They didn't look like it last week. Now they're going to be taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in week two with the opportunity to show that last week was nothing more than a bad day for Roethlisberger and company. Not going to be easy, though, as Chiefs are coming off an impressive victory over the L.A. Chargers, during which Patrick and Mahomes showed us he's the real deal. All right, what else do we got? One of the biggest stories uh, going into Sunday is going to be Aaron Rodgers. You know, he had that comeback of a lifetime against the Chicago Bears last Sunday after getting another knee injury in the first half. After the game, Rodgers said he would be playing, but now nobody's really sure his knee is swelling up, and he's been doing rehab instead of practice. No word on whether or not he'll be playing against uh, division foe Minnesota. 
but his presence will make the difference in this game. He has a passer rating of over 100 against the Vikings throughout his career. And the Packers look lost against Chicago without him on the field. And if he isn't there come Sunday, the Vikings may have their way. And even though it's week two, this is going to be one of those games that can really help you know decide the fate of that division. Carolina Panthers against the Falcons. That game's going to be really good. Two of the top 10 teams in the NFC going at it for supremacy in the NFC South. Of course, you can't forget about the Saints, but this is a matchup between the Panthers and the Falcons, and it can say a lot moving forward, not only about the division, but also about the NFC landscape. Now, last week, the Panthers took care of business against the Cowboys while the Falcons fell short against the Eagles. It's early, but this could be a must-win for Matt Ryan in Atlanta. And finally, the Patriots. Yeah, they're still good. And I mean, they're really, really good. And the Jaguars, who they're going to be facing, they almost fell to the Giants. Still should be a pretty good contest. The Jaguars may have lost their star running back for a little while, but the defense is good as ever. Tom Brady and company, they're going to have to work cut out for them as they continue a season that, well, let's face it, everyone expects them to go to the Super Bowl, right? As long as Tom Brady is going to be the quarterback, we're all going to expect the Patriots to be in contention for the Super Bowl. All right, that's a look at some of the big storylines around the NFL. Up next, we take a look at the division races and as the uh, for baseball, as the MLB season begins winding down and heading towards the postseason. Oh, yes, October. Postseason baseball right around the corner. And not a, not a lot of games left for some of these teams that are still trying to get in, either on a wild card or the division. Boston became the first team to punch their ticket, though, this past week when they uh, hit... 99 wins. They're currently, at the time of this recording, 101 wins and 46 losses. A run differential at 226, plus 226. I mean, it is amazing. Outside of New York, every other team in the division has been eliminated. And I'm not taking anything away from Boston, but it does help that uh, Baltimore is as bad as they are. In fact, they almost have an opposite record, Baltimore in, I mean, when I say in the basement, they're 58 and a half games back behind Boston, sitting at 42 and 104. Catastrophic season for uh, Baltimore. Uh, Boston still, though, and th- this is what's funny about the American League East when it's always got the powerhouses. Boston, obviously in first, 101 games, 46 losses, or 101 wins, 46 losses. New York Yankees, six games back, or excuse me, uh, 10 and a half games back, and six games left to go before they're eliminated from division contention with 90 wins and uh, 56 losses. So they'll probably be getting on a wild card. Uh, the Cleveland Indians, as good as they were uh, last couple of years, they're sitting pretty at the top of the uh, AL Central with 82 wins, 64 losses. Uh, Minnesota, they're not going to make it. They only got two games where they're eliminated, and they're sitting at 67 and 79, but they're hanging on, right? Houston, 92 and 54 on the season right now, leading the AL West. Uh, Oakland, only three and a half games behind them, with uh, 13 games to go before they're eliminated. Oakland sitting at 89 and 58. In the National League, uh, the National League East, Atlanta has a seven and a half game lead on Philly with 82 and 64. Uh, in their win and loss column, Washington, who is supposed to be a major contender this year, uh, they're sitting eight and a half back, but they're right behind uh, Philly for that second place spot. Colorado has a one and a half game lead over the Dodgers in the NL West. And in, in the National League Central, the Cubs uh, still leading the Brewers by a game and a half. The Cubs 
with 85 wins and 61 losses. St. Louis, four and a half back behind Chicago, 81 and 66. When you take a look at the wild card situation, though, that's where the National League gets very, very interesting. Of course, Atlanta, Chicago, Colorado, all in, uh, all in at the moment because they're leading the division. Milwaukee in the first wild card spot, 84 and 63. They got a three game lead over St. Louis, uh, who's in the second wild card spot. The Dodgers right behind St. Louis, and in fact, St. Louis and the Dodgers in a pretty pivotal, ser- pretty pivotal series right now, uh, because this is going to decide. For the moment, who's in that second wild card spot? The Dodgers sitting a game out of the wild card with uh, 80 and 67, St. Louis 81 and 66. And Arizona, they're four games back behind uh, uh, Milwaukee for that, or excuse me, four games out of the wild card spot as well, sitting at 77 and 70. But they don't have that many games to catch Colorado. And if they did that, Colorado's going to be right there too. So it's all knotted up in the National League. Uh, the American League wild card, it's pretty much a done deal. New York, Oakland, Tampa Bay would be the closest uh, team to try to get in. They're eight games out. Seattle right behind them at eight and a half. So the American League pretty much wrapped up. The National League, not so much. Uh, Boston right now, the odds on favorite to win the World Series, but you can peak too soon in baseball and you never know what's going to happen. All you have to do is get in. J.D. Martinez with the Boston Red Sox, too. He's going to be in the uh, chase for the Triple Crown. I think the only thing he's, uh, I think he's tied in home runs, leading in RBIs, and uh, I think he's got the batting average, too. So we'll see if he can be the first guy to do it in the last few years since Mickey Cabrera did it with the Tigers. Some games to watch this weekend. Uh, Game three, the Dodgers and Cardinals series going to be happening at 12.05 Central Time. Today, the Nationals and Braves be another one to watch as the Nationals attempt to play spoiler. Uh, Cubs and Reds, that should be a fun game to watch as well. Uh, The Athletics and Rays. Now, the Rays, again, not really anywhere close, but again, they can play spoiler a little bit to the Athletics. Uh, The Diamondbacks and Astros is going to be a tough stretch for the Diamondbacks as they're trying to catch Colorado, but they got a tough task ahead of them with the Astros. Brewers and Pirates, that could have some... uh, Effects on the division wildcard races as well. Colorado and the Giants. The Giants really not going anywhere. Just some games to watch uh, this weekend. Of course, uh, the Cardinals and Dodgers series wraps up on Sunday, 7.05 p.m. Central Time. And uh, Nationals and Braves at 12.35 Central Time. So we'll see how this ends up for them. Next time on the uh, Press Box, we'll be able to give you a more accurate idea of how the baseball postseason is going to uh, play out, right? All right, have some fun watching football this weekend. Baseball, go Vols. Hopefully the Titans can pull it out as well. Until next time, this is the Press Box. You drink a brewski for the mooski. I'm out.